And good morning, one and all, on this Thursday, January 25th, 2024, 38 years ago today, I got married to Gail. So happy anniversary oh, to my wife. Happy Gonna anniversary. Going to take care of that right there. Right so off okay. the top. Check that right box. Right the top. That's right. Right there. Um, it, it was no small amount of irony that a half hour before the governor takes the podium before a joint session to talk about how we keep talented people in the state of Michigan, <laughs> that the most famous and highest paid state employee bolted for California. <laughs> I know we were keeping close tabs on this, yes. you know, the ticker on ESPN and and it came through last night. Harbaugh agreed to become the coach of the Los Angeles Chargers just a few weeks after winning the national title. I guess that's a good time to go. He was in Ann Arbor for nine years. He did what he said he would do. He said he's going to consistently win Big Ten titles and win a national championship. Check and check. Um, and he's going to Los Angeles, taking over a team that went just 5-12 and 12 this past season. But... Everyone is saying this is a great opportunity for him because he's sort of this quarterback guru and Justin Herbert is there. Um, and, you know, of course, Harbaugh he's, played in the NFL as right. a quarterback. And this is a team that they, they were like the Lions in the old days. They mm-hmm. just kept finding new and really innovative and entertaining ways to blow games. And he has a connection with, with California, too. He does. You know. He, you know... The 49ers, he coached the 49ers, right. Stanford, et cetera. Um, he played for the San Diego Chargers back in the day. And Chargers owner Dean Spano said this. You knew this was coming. Who's got it better than us? Yeah. Okay. So Harbaugh's going there. We have a statement from Ward Manuel. He says, uh, I want to thank Jim for everything he's done for our football program, athletic department, and the University of Michigan over the past nine years. Every day, he has worked extremely hard to elevate the stature of Michigan across the world with the goal of winning championships. And, and like I said, he did that. I don't think Michigan's mad at him. I guess he was very transparent that he wanted to go. I mean, hello, he's tried this three straight years. Yes. Well, and I mean, he finally it, this, got that job. This was an express train. I mean, this took no time at all. So it didn't. It doesn't sound like he fretted or deliberated it's very the worst, hard, worst right? Kept I mean, secret in the world. And it, Michigan was exactly. offering him to be the highest-paid college coach. He just wanted to go to the NFL. And I personally believe the sanctions coming next year had something to do it with it. It had to have an influence on it. Ward Manuel, I think, just going no mas, right? Mm-hmm. I did everything that I could have done, and I hopefully that will appease Michigan fans, who I'm sure are, that there's some hearts hurting. Today, course, I know the Michigan yeah. fans in our family were really hoping that he would stay, but that is a compelling offer. Meantime, a jury is seated in the Jennifer Grumbly involuntary manslaughter trial. Yeah, opening statements, uh, guy slated for today. The jury was selected after two days of scrutiny, and Jennifer and her husband James faced four charges of involuntary manslaughter for the tragic shooting back in November of 2021. Cameras will capture the courtroom during opening statements. Twelve jurors and five alternates present. Jurors were questioned on their views on guns and parenting and media, leading to dismissals of for various reasons. Uh, prosecutors alleged that the Crumbleys could have prevented the ramp page and plan to present video footage, Jennifer's phone records, and social media information. A gag order restricts attorneys from media communication. Despite the shooter's guilty plea and life sentence, he has not volunteered to testify against his parents. James Crumbly's trial set to start in March. To the surprise of nobody, yesterday UAW President Sean Fain endorsed endorsed Joe Biden, saying, look, he is the only president in history ever to show up on a picket line. He did that for us during our Contract negotiations with the big three. He said no one is a better friend of labor than Joe Biden. But, I mean, let's be clear here. It took him long enough. And back in the summer, he said, well, you got to earn this endorsement because we've still got concerns about the EV transition and whether or not you've got our backs. 
at engine plants, in transmission plants, when these rank-and-file members lose their jobs. He was asked about that by Neil Cavuto on Fox yesterday and acted like that had never been a concern at all. Cut one. No, never a doubt. I mean, uh, it, it, look, we, we have a process we follow, and, uh, you know, our leadership, you know, as we said, our endorsements are going to be earned and not freely given anymore. And so, you know, uh, we uh, had to look at a lot of things. And overall, you know, we just had our, our contract fight uh, with the big three and uh, our, our most successful contract in history. And, uh, you know, uh, President Biden was standing, stood there with us on the picket line, you know, unlike President Trump back in 19 when GM was on strike for 40 days and he was completely non-existent. Um, so here's the thing. How valuable is this? Well, and how many of the rank and file are actually going to be supporting Joe Biden? Well, let's look. Well, 20. they're not going to support Trump. Not after he went to. Well, Atlanta. except I will yeah. tell you in 2020, in the state of Michigan, 37% of union households, according to exit polls, went to Donald Trump. 40% did nationally. And so Fain was pushed on that by, by Cavuto, and he said, are you concerned about these defections amongst your rank and file? Now listen carefully what he says, and you t- I, I don't know if he misspoke, or he just basically said, hey, they're going to do what they do. Cut three. Let me be clear about this. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Uh, yes, some will. Uh, but that's the reality of this. Uh, the majority of our members are going to vote their paychecks. They're going to vote for an economy that works for them. Uh, he misspoke. Yeah, I think he misspoke. And I think he misspoke. Then he went on to say he, he ultimately called Trump a scab. Yeah, uh, said that that you know nobody embodies the, the concern for the working man better than Joe Biden. But he seemed to say there. Yeah, and honestly, forty percent is a. Questions. Look, he can't not endorse Joe Biden. No, Biden's got to have that endorsement. Right, as president, but, he has to do that. But yeah. the value is diluted because Donald Trump has done an outstanding job of making pleas to working class voters uh, that have ignored the. Uh, but Fain says he a lot of times he blames uh, the workforce rather than supports them. And, and I think he did a disservice when he went to a non-union shop for his rally no question that stuck in the craw of a lot of rank and file yeah. at that time especially in that moment that was a critical time right in the in the discussions with uh, with the big three so state of the state last night of uh, putting the punny references to 80s rock <laughs> aside by the way thanks to our friends at bridge for posting a spotify playlist of the songs that she referenced here's the problem guys both parties are singing I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty at the top of their lungs. Yeah, they are. So this is this is a difficult place they're in, and the House is split 54-54. So at least until April, probably not a lot of action on a lot of the initiatives we heard of last night. But some of them were very significant to families. Yeah, um, I'm always listening for kids and families, and the governor is saying that she wants pre-K for all, that children who attend pre-K are more ready for kindergarten, more ready for school, and end up going on to college and beyond. So she's saying she wants uh, a pre-K for every child in Michigan. Let's hear um, how she said it last night. Cut 20. And last year we expanded pre-K to 5,600 more students. And you know what? This year, we're going to go a heck of a lot further. And she says the value is unquestioned. Cut 18. Four-year-olds who go to pre-K arrive at kindergarten better prepared to learn. 
they are more likely to graduate, go to college, and earn more over their lifetime. And we know higher education or skills training leads to higher incomes. If you get an associate's degree, you can earn $23,000 more a year. The best paying jobs today and in our future economy require some education after high school. Now, convincing those in high school of that isn't an easy job. No. We have seen surveys showing that as, it's as few as one in five think that a college education is necessary for a better job. That is a meager number and needs to be addressed. Meantime, caregivers, we know a lot of people. And Lloyd, this yes. is, you know, hits right. home for you. Exactly. The Caring for Michigan Family Tax Credit could save Michigan families up to $5,000. It allows deductions for expenses like counseling and transportation. Now, the goal is to support seniors aging at home, reduce cost of long-term care, and assist parents with children with long-term care needs my mom is 91 years old my brothers and sisters we take care of her in her home because that's where she wants to be she wants to be in her home we take shifts we're over there every day we make sure she has her medicine we take her to her appointments and those types of things and something like this would, would be great i know a lot of a lot of my friends are taking care of their elderly parents at this time right and this at least would give you some relief yes. to the financial sacrifices that you're making in Absolutely. order to do the right thing and here's the thing, you're taking a burden off the state because it does mean that mom can stay in her home. Yes. She doesn't become a Medicaid recipient. That's correct. Right? Uh, we're going to be talking with Governor Gretchen Whitmer coming up at 735. We'll be talking to Republican leaders as well. You can find their response at WJR.com. When we return, the Children's Center of Wayne County will get the CEO's take on the family initiatives that were profiled in last night's uh, state of the State Address and how they could impact families just like yours. That's next on JR Morning.